the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 11th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavali. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? A little bittersweet this morning. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. You broke the news yesterday morning. Yes, that Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood announced his retirement. We got that right at the end of the show, so I do appreciate the timing that we uh, were able to share that while we're still on the air but joining us in studio is well martinsburg police chief george swartwood sir good morning good morning jordan good morning marcia how are you how could you do this to us uh well i, I it's it's just time i mean 39 years is a long time and uh, i've enjoyed every single minute of it uh hey i love being a cop i always have uh, my brother uh, ricky was a lieutenant with mpd and uh, uh, it kind of inspired that in me but i truly love being a cop and we have in my opinion, uh, we have the finest officers anywhere in the nation. Uh, I put our police department up against anybody's. And the city has been such a great uh, family and host uh, to me. Uh, with the city manager, Mr. Mark Baldwin, a great mayor that's going out really dynamic uh, for all, uh, Mr. Kevin Knowles. Uh, our finance officer, Mark Spickler, uh, is tremendous, and Andy uh, as well, the new addition there, the assistant city manager, and Steve uh, from uh, HR have just been uh, tremendous, Andy Blake and them, and, and Steve McBride. So it, it's been a really great time. I've enjoyed all of it, but 39 years is 39 years, and, and it's time to it's time to move on and look and look at other things and let and let somebody else have this honor and experience. Well, we were talking before the we went on the air here, and um, like you said, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it because as we all know in our profession, you put something off, then it keeps getting put off, it keeps getting put off, then you forget about it, and then next thing you know, it's been 15 more years. So uh, if you're gonna well, do it, might as well do it, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, every time you think about it or something, you think of something else you want to do and something else that you, you have doing, you're doing right now that you want to get accomplished, you want to get done. And then it just keeps going a little bit longer and a little bit longer. But with this, uh, I truly loved it. I truly do. I think I think the world of my people, I mm-hmm. think anyone knows that, it, that talks to me. Because this is really kind of hard because I'm talking way too much about me and that's not no, that's, that's not my style no, that's what this segment is about yep. so our guest this morning chief george swartwood uh who has announced that he will be leaving that post tonight so walk us through that 39 years is a long time to stay in law enforcement what got you into it um and what what makes you the kind of person who stays in law enforcement the one that runs toward the danger mm-hmm. instead of away well, I'll tell you, and I, and I told you the truth, uh, with me it started April 15th, 1984. Uh, I think it was a cloudy Monday at that time, but <laughs> moving on. With my brother also being on the force, uh, that was something that I looked up to. 
But I've always liked uh, the idea of helping people and, and to help out a community and to try to make a little bit of a difference and mm-hmm. to try to make things better, to bring order and stability back from chaos. So I've always enjoyed that. I loved being a detective. I mean, that was my true love. I mean, I loved investigating crimes. I, I, I loved coming in and uh, helping people that were going through a huge and, and terrible traumatic incident. And I just have uh, the ability, uh, I believe, very humbly, I'm saying this, uh, to do this kind of work. I mean, you ha- it's a passion. And mm-hmm. with me, it was. I mean, it's a profession to me. And with me, it was a passion that I truly loved it. And I cared so much about our, our own people uh, inside the department. My civilian staff's tremendous. Erica, Jennifer, Tanya, Tracy, all my dispatchers, they're tremendous. Uh, my police officers are, are just the, the finest I've seen. I mean, I've got the very best uh, detectives with Sergeant Jared Luciano heading that up. He's just been tremendous. And the task force, the Eastern Panhandle Drug and Violent Crime Task Force. I have two people down there, uh, Matt and Derek, and, and they just do a tremendous job. And uh, Matt sent me a text that I, I read to my wife, Lisa, and, and we started crying all over oh. again. So it, it was very touching, and uh, uh, I cared so much. But uh, it's been a great ride. I mean, we, we have the very best the city's allowed us. You know, we have a, the most state-of-art building, the most state-of-the-art building. I have the best equipment ever available. Uh, we try to build them up as much as we can. My SRT team is tremendous. And I'm very proud of some of the things we've done together as a, as a team, our CERT team. I mean, these guys are taking drugs and guns and uh, felons, drug dealer felons off the street every time they go out. I mean, you see our Facebook posts. I have seen more illegal guns in the hands of drug dealers in the last two years that I've ever seen in my career. And uh, we were able to respond to that. I mean, they took off one car that had a AR-15 in between mm-hmm. the seats with the serial numbers filed off of it. Right then I knew we had we had to have ceramic ballistic plates on our officers so something bad didn't happen to them. So I've cared so much for them, and we have some young officers that are just going to be outstanding, and I, I just thank the world of them. Speaking of young officers, see, we, we interview you, and you're the chief, and you've got this presence, and you've got that voice, but was there ever a gangly patrolman, <laughs> Swartwood, that had to be whipped into shape? Huh. Well, I tell you, uh, man, please, please hear me, mom, without slapping me. When you, when you come on the police department and all of a sudden you got thrown on a ship with your brother, oh. <laughs> it's, it's not going, it's not going to go well sometimes. And, uh, he, he, uh, he let me know what was what real quick. Yeah. I'm your brother, but that ain't cutting nothing here, you know? So he, he understood and he was very good in patrol. So yeah, of course. I mean, when I come in in 84, I was all, Hey, you know, let's run and gun, let's go, you know? And, uh, then you started realizing, hey, you really don't know this job yet. You really don't know what you really need to know to experience this. So it was a little different and a learning experience, but I ate it like candy. I mean, people will tell you that. And certain things have, certain things have, uh, I had to put on hold a little bit, but it, it was not right to do. But, you know, my kid, I talked to my daughter, uh, Bethany, and we've been texting left and right. And, uh, I want to see her. I want to spend a, some time yeah. with her a lot. And Lisa's been tremendous uh, with me standing by through all this, too. And yeah, we're speaking with Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood. I'll give you a chance here to stop talking about yourself and talk about uh, the force a little bit. What do you got going on downtown? Hey, I'll tell you, we, we got a lot of great things going on with everything that uh, the city has, has given us. And, and, and some of them, if I can, if I can 
just tell you a couple things that I, I really, really like. Uh, mm-hmm. We have three of the finest canines anywhere. Uh, when I came on, we really didn't have that. We had none uh, at the time, and I knew I was going to have one for each ship. So I have three of the best canines out there uh, working every day. That CERT team is tremendous. They are doing great drug work. Sergeant Harper uh, runs that for me, and they're doing great work getting drug dealers off the street. And eh, several other things. We've reached out to the community with the Martinsburg Initiative, the Handle with Care, getting into these schools and talking to our kids. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing out there is to try to reach out to the youth as well and, and giving them canine demonstrations, coming into the schools, going into the churches, everything else. And then uh, we also got an uh, on-staff social worker uh, that's doing, Noel does so many, Noel Canales does so many things for us. Uh, we've given her as like a victim's advocate role on a lot of things too, but, uh, she's, you know, been accepted with our department, my guys and gals. And, uh, that was tremendous. And I thought, Hey, I'm, I'm probably the only one on the Eastern panhandle that has one. Well, at the time I realized now you're the only one in the state that hmm. has an on-staff social worker. So those are some of the things we've done for social, uh, uh, needs and social improvements and things. And basically to get out and to, just address the community that I know and love because I love Martinsburg. I truly do. I'm from here. I just, I, I just love this area, this community and it's home. I mean, it's where I went to school. It's where I grew up. So I know a good bit of everybody and to get out with them and to associate with them and to come to church service with them. I mean, I did something up at Ebenezer Baptist church. Yeah. Sunday, mm-hmm. pastor Lambert. I went up there cause they had the Easter bunny come there to give kids an Easter egg hunt. And I took one of my officers, Officer Roberts responded up here. He did a great job. And uh, just to see the look on kids' faces, you know, the you know, the police are there and they're they're helping us. They're helping us find eggs and stuff. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's good stuff and, and I and I really enjoy that when we have time. George is tall enough to see all the eggs. Uh yeah. I just told him I said I'm I'm not wearing a rabbit suit. I'm not <laughs> doing that. But uh it was good stuff. That would have been a sight. Yeah. Sure. It would have been nothing wrong with that. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but uh I just wasn't going to do it that day. Well, again, we're speaking with Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood, who announced his retirement yesterday uh, from the force, almost four decades uh, being on the force here in Martinsburg. It's it's incredible and, you know, rightfully deserved you get this uh, retirement and all the praise that you're going to be getting and all the, you know, kind words mean you deserve all of it. You've definitely made a significant impact in this area, in this city for a long time and even more so as the police chief. And, um, yeah, we appreciate you coming in and spending time with us. Oh, thank you so much. And like I said, I can't say enough about uh, – the city itself and our city manager mark baldwin's been so good to me andy blake the assistant city manager he'll do great things he's tremendous our finance officer mark spickler has helped me through budgets and explained them to me and explained how the what the formula and the process was and i said got to slow down just a bit here you got to show me where i can see it so he's been a tremendous help and everybody everybody has and all of my officers uh, uh, that I have on the force, uh, I, I feel like family. Uh, they are to me, and I, I truly, absolutely care. And telling them <clears throat> yesterday morning was a little difficult in the morning. And, and I kind of broke down a little bit, and then I uh, teared up, and I, I said, I'm not going to do that again here, but I can <laughs> feel it now. But I meant it from the heart. I meant every word from the heart. I really do care for them, and I will always be there for them, no matter what role I take here and I've got some options I'm looking at that I'm, I'll keep to myself for right now, but some things I want, I will always be there. If they called upon me to help, I'd be there. I'm always going to be police. I'm always going to be a cop and I'm always going to be law enforcement. And that's always going to be in my heart. And 
Uh, I care greatly for this profession, but everybody in the city has been tremendous. Um, any of those plans maybe involve political service in public office? Uh, that No, that does not. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I wish you all the best as mayor. He'll make a great mayor. I wish him all the very best. I know he'll do good. He, he, his, his heart's in the right place, and he's going to do good things. I so I, I wish yeah. him all the best, but I appreciate that. But no, that that's not the case. <laughs> uh, Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood, thank you again for your many, many years of service and for spending uh, and giving us your time of course and giving us your time uh you know over the two years of the new panhandle live and subsequently so thank you again absolutely thank you both so much you're a big part of this town as well and you've always been so gracious to me so thanks again absolutely stick around for more after this on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network welcome back to panhandle live here are your hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kavalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads at Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care. Two locations proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, Country Roads Tire and countryroadsattireonline.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival building. And we have our next guest joining us in studio, Marsha. That's right. So we love to have our guests in from the Apollo Civic Theater. And uh, they're going to be presenting the play that goes wrong. <laughs> which I'd never heard of until today. So to explain all of this is Bailey Kirshner. Welcome in. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. Thanks for being in with us. Yes, ma'am. So the play that goes wrong, um, I like to describe it as I've always been told if the chips fall on the stage, pick them up. So this lovely drama society is presenting this play for the Apollo Civic Theater and the people of Martinsburg. And the chips fall on the stage, and you get to experience how we pick them up. Um, It's a murder mystery, so there's a little bit of drama, a little bit of romance, um, a little bit of danger, which makes it all the more exciting. And this is a play that, I mean, a lot of people know about this when it was a big Broadway play, right? Correct, yes. It came off Broadway just a few years ago, which allowed us then the opportunity to bring it to Martinsburg. So, um, off topic, well, on topic, off topic question when it's when you hear off broadway i think everybody's heard the the, the term off broadway before but what does that mean um so that's a good question so all shows technically start off broadway Mm -hmm. that's where they run things they do their work you know taking out songs adding lines things of that nature and after a few years then they can take their show on Broadway, which where you see in New York, the big flashing mm-hmm. lights, the massive theaters um, and things of that nature. So then once it becomes available to the public, then we refer to it as being off Broadway again. Mm, I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. It's like a story arc. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to wait till the kids. Because I've gone down to like Baltimore and seen some plays that were off Broadway. But mm-hmm. I just thought I didn't realize that once while they were on Broadway, they were on Broadway. And that's it. Not that you weren't going to see them anywhere else. Never knew. So, this is, so you bring it to downtown Martinsburg and uh, talk about, you know, how big the cast is. Sure. So the cast, um, there is about eight of us with our lovely technical crew as well. So total, there is about 10 of us running around backstage. Um, eight of us are, you will see us on stage pretty much all the time. Um, lovely group of individuals. Mm-hmm. I am so happy to be able to work with these people. When you do drama, does it become a bit of a temporary family? Oh yes, oh yes. It could be. It could be a comedy too. You spend so much time with these people. 
after work, over the weekends, um, and developing these characters and feeding each other back and forth that sometimes I feel like my cast members know me better than my husband. So (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely, it's, it's such a fun dynamic. We'll just tell them to come to the play. (laughs) Answers will, will come then. Yes. So how have things been going with the play that goes wrong? Absolutely phenomenal. Um, this week is our tech week, so we then use these next couple days to start adding components. So we add costumes one day, we add all our lights and sound another day, um, all working up to we can get a good couple runs in before we open. Um, with a show like this, there's a lot of working parts, so it's really important that we take them in small chunks at a time um, to make sure we provide the best possible experience for you guys. And what's your character like? (laughs) Um, So my character, her name is Florence. I don't want to give away too Mm -hmm. much, um, but she's quite the lovely lady. A little bit of drama with her as well, with some of the male figures in the cast. Um, And she also experienced some of the chips falling on the stage. And so hopefully, hopefully she'll pick them back up. Wow. So uh, give us a little bit of the details now about the play that goes wrong. Um, Okay. Times, dates, things like that. Sure. So we open up this weekend, opening up on Friday night, April 14th. Um, The show will start at 8 with doors opening at 730. And then there will be about a 15-minute intermission between Act 1 and Act 2. So this weekend we have Friday and Saturday show open. 730 mm-hmm. with a matinee on Sunday at 2:30 and then next weekend we have the 21st and 22nd with an eight o'clock show time and the 23rd at 2:30 and can you give us real quick a, uh, a brief synopsis of what the play that goes wrong is all about without of course giving away too much <laughs> I will definitely try my best um, so it's definitely a murder mystery mischievous comedy. Um, that is the murder at Haversham Manor that this theater is presenting. We're borrowing the space of the Apollo from the 1920s whodunit. It's a lot like Clue, oh, hmm. um, which is very yeah. similar. So you'll see this family that is brought together by a death of a certain loved one in the family, and we have to solve said murder case and figure out who. Well, very cool. And it sounds like the play that goes wrong is going to be a a fun evening to spend down at the Apollo Civic Theater in downtown Martinsburg. So thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we'll step aside for uh, just about two minutes. We'll be back to keep things going here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Paint Handle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed any of the shows so far today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Paint Handle Live Facebook and Spotify page. Had a uh, big start to the show, especially with Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood joining. Uh, 
just after yesterday, yesterday morning, right around this time uh, is when the release went out about him announcing his retirement after almost four decades of service on the police force here in Martinsburg. So he was on to share uh, his thoughts, statements, uh, you know, memories and, um, you know, things about that than his retirement, which if you missed any of that, like I said, listen back to it a little bit later on today. We almost made him cry. I think I'm going to count that as we did. Yeah, he did get he was wiping. He was wiping, wiping quick. So Mm -hmm. we didn't get to see any of the teardrops. But But this I mean, he's so earnest and he uh, he's such he's such a a cop's cop, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who they who they fill his his shoes with. Yeah. Well, you know, the expression big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. Those are certainly some pretty big shoes to fill there. Absolutely. So um, it is spring, and uh, our thoughts turn to growing. That's right. And to that end, we have WV Extension, uh, Dr. Mary Beth Bennett in with us. Welcome in. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back on the air again with you. I was here a little, like, what, a few weeks ago. That so. was when Jordan wasn't here. We yeah. had Mikey. Jordan wasn't here. Mikey was here. <laughs> so so um, it, was a, it was a challenge. That yeah, well, it was Mikey a WV Extension uh, yeah. takeover there. Yeah, yeah that's all much. right. Yeah, that's okay. Much, yeah. So, you know, this morning I get out and it's frigid. It's supposed to be in the 70s, you know, and then the 80s later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it feels like in the afternoon we should be gardening. What should we be doing with our with our plants and well, all that? Well, the thing is, we the, the thing thing is, you need to be planning. As a matter of fact, um, I have a, I have a dentist appointment later today, and I hope to go over to Colonial Farms and see what they've got in stock because they like pansies. There's some plants out that you can already plant, and of course, like my yard's full of tulips and daffodils and mm-hmm. those kind of things that are up. And your spring ephemerals are coming up. Like I have bluebells as well in my yard, and some of the other things that that are out there. So, um, you know, please hold off going on gangbusters, okay? I know everybody says, you know, plant your peas by St. Patty's Day, you know, potatoes, peas, because they stay in the ground, and they're not going to sprout till the ground warms up, and that's the way with most things, okay? And our farmers are out there trying to plant, I think they're planting corn right now, but um, it's not going to grow until that soil warms up, okay? And that's the whole reason behind if you try to start plants, they really don't do anything unless you put like a heating pad underneath. Hmm. And I know um, places like Walmart now are selling little heating pads that you can put under your plants <laughs> to get them started. Get out. Really? Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll germinate quicker if you put the heating pad under. As a matter of fact, I went and bought two last <laughs> last night because I got some wildflower seeds I want to try and grow. The university mm-hmm. gave some away and I want to try and grow them to see what's in that mix. And then I picked up some other some other seeds at the dollar store and I want to grow them out to see what's in that mix as well. Because I want to see if they match, you know, what we need, yeah. make sure they're not weeds you right. know, or something we don't want, undesirables. And and that's what we're looking at. We're putting together a list of, of undesirable plants for our master gardeners, too, because we have a, our garden fest coming up on May the 13th, OK, which is Mother's Day, I believe, or that's mm-hmm. Mother's Day weekend. And we try to tell people. Um, hopefully we'll have a lot of tomato plants available and I tell people you know just be careful Um, you know you need to micromanage your area because some areas will be colder than other areas and you need to look at how things grow from year to year make notes okay it's really important that people make notes about their gardens and what grows when and where because I've had plants and planted my tomatoes and and a frost got them Memorial Day weekend yeah, and it will kill them quick. I mean, tomatoes are very sensitive to the cold, so you really have to take precautions. And if you're going to put tomatoes in now, you know, um, especially even around Mother's Day, I'd put like a wall of water. They used to have, a, they had these things they call wall of waters, and they're plastic, and you put hmm. water in each chamber around the plant, and then you pull it off eventually when it oh, warms wow. up. But it would keep the ambient temperature around the tomato plant 
warm enough at night. You know, it would warm up right. during the daytime and it would keep it warm at night. So they do fine. And other people have methods. That's why we have greenhouses and right. high tunnels and things like that, because we can't trust the temperature. I mean, Mother Nature does what Mother Nature wants to do. And and we've all heard about the climate changes and whatnot. Well, I wanted to ask you, because we're in a pretty uh, unique circumstance, I think, in terms of the rest of the state with our agriculture around here, because it's a lot of, um, you know, orchards and things like that. Now, we've had a very warm, we had a very warm um, winter and a very warm spring. Right. So a lot of the trees were starting to bloom or blossom a little bit earlier so what are some of the challenges that our you know agriculturalists around the area have dealt with with this uh, warm winter warm spring well a lot of them are having a lot of sleepless nights where <laughs> oh, they have man. alarm systems on because if temperature gets too cold they need to do something about it some of them won't go out and spray because if the the they can freeze the bloom you know and then mm-hmm. it doesn't impact it because then by the time it warms up it just melts off and it's saved that way some are burning straw they'll save old mm-hmm. straw bales and they'll burn the straw straw to keep actually add heat to that area and i know i was out with kitchens yesterday and and they're doing an experiment with sweet corn um they actually had somebody grow some in a greenhouse for them hmm. and and they're planting it into the fields i was just showing oh, wow. her out sweet corn's kind of hard to grow well the whole thing is i i grew up on a dairy farm so we had lots of field corn and my dad would always put our sweet corn in the middle of the field corn yep. kind of to protect it but yep. i mean we always had a, a patch of it and i said i never knew you could transplant sweet corn mm-hmm. so right. this is the first so i was out watching what carla and them were doing so i'm gonna hope to monitor because they're hoping to get it you know to their market yeah. a little quicker so you know we can't emphasize enough um you know people supporting our local farmers markets and a lot of effort goes into it and i know i know a lot of our producers i went to came down Knollville arden road we were out last week and and it's just gorgeous with mm-hmm. the, the blooms the mm-hmm. you know um, fruit trees are blooming and i i know um they're really watching things because that that frost you know a freeze can really impact our fruit industry and you hear about it all the time with places like florida you know with the or um oranges getting frozen out mm-hmm. the people don't realize it's very um I, I don't know there's kind of a schedule that goes by mm-hmm. that that we get the produce that we get you know mm-hmm. and i mean you don't get strawberries year round here i mean it just doesn't right. happen you know they call them june bearing or ever bearing but um and i understand ors had their um, facebook page we're mentioning that they'll have strawberries i think the middle of may so um, they're saying that it's looking good right now, right. but, you know, it depends on what happens. So <laughs> we keep our fingers crossed and very weather dependent and no other industries really as weather dependent as what our producers are. And it's really a hardship because you can't control the weather mm-hmm. at all unless you go putting in a greenhouse mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's why you see um, some of the high tunnels. Well, the high tunnels are not heated, so you have to kind of do a tunnel system within the tunnel to keep that heat where you need it you're constantly learning oh yeah oh yeah and i said that's the one thing with agriculture you know i learn something new all the time i mean i'm pretty highly educated and i i'm fascinated by what i learn i mean people keep asking me questions you know and i got i've gotten a lot of a lot of um, lawn questions this year and i'm no lawn expert i mean i grew up with cattle and they eat grass and whatnot <laughs> but that's not my specialty you know and it really pushes you to try and figure out what to tell people and then little tricks you know and i said i just was doing something this morning and uh saw a soil sample and his ph was okay but they said he need mang- manganese and uh he says, how do I get that without using like dolomitic lime, which is what we recommend to our producers. And, and actually you can use Epsom salts, but, oh, huh. but to a very slight, right. very low level. Okay. 
um, you know, to use on your lawn if it's turning yellow. And if you need a little bit, you can give them a little boost. And so, some sites, and you can Google it on the internet, and they tell you to, to um, dilute it and sprinkle it like a water sprinkler, you know, on your lawn. Um, and I think one of the recommendations was a half a pound of Epsom salts per 100 square feet. Mm-hmm. Of, of property so you don't want to burn stuff either so right. and that's the other thing and i said you know i'm really trying to support uh, you know people doing different things and we re- really try and encourage people to cut down their lawn size and put in more um, pollinator friendly plants wildflowers things like that because we really need to help our the insects out and we don't realize how important they are to us our guest this morning wv extensions dr mary beth bennett uh, three years ago i believe you came in and you were like you know spotted lantern flies coming i mm. i went to my friend's house and she said i want to show you this she had tree of heaven in her yard and which attracted the spotted lantern fly and then all the other uh insects for the feast and and it just had decimated this area of her yard um so they're here are we yeah. we're gonna have to we're dealing with these lantern flies every year yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the whole thing is the Department of Ag has been trying to do some programs and, you know, one of the things might be eliminating the tree of heaven, but then they do go to other trees. So it's mm-hmm. not just the tree of heaven. It's just that's the one they seem to like the most. So they've, they've had some programs they've tried spraying and whatnot. So, I mean, the Department of Ag may be a resource for people to contact. Um, I know we were down in the Inwood area monitoring the, the, the uh, guest uh, rest stop down there. And it was kind of interesting. They were trying to train a dog to, to smell out the spotter and lantern Oh, really? Flies. Yeah. Was it, it was, successful? I don't know how successful. He hadn't had that much opportunity. And my understanding is that Winchester really has it a lot worse than we do. Because right. I haven't seen that many here. I mean, I've seen several out at the fruit farm. And they the Department of Ag told me there was some trees very nearby that they didn't have access to. Um, that they wanted to get a hold of and spray and do some mm. some remediation, but um, you know it's spreading and there, there's not a whole lot you can do. They seem to like the railroads for some reason. They get on the cars and they get transported mm. to other parts. It's of like the country. they know. Oh yeah, they know what a wheel is. Yeah, and they know what cars are. I mean, I haven't seen them like we did mm-hmm. the brown marmoree stink bug. I don't know if you remember a couple of years oh, ago. Yeah. You know, you started oh, yeah. driving around, and the brown marmorees were hanging on everywhere. So. On the screens. Yeah. So, what's yeah. is there an end in sight for any for this stuff? I mean, is this just our new reality that we're going to have these bugs to deal with and well, these invasive? It's, it's just like you know some other things we've been dealing with. That's very you true. You know, when I said that's very the true. whole thing. Once they come, unless we can get some programs, and they keep looking for biological controls, which is the biggest thing is to bring something in or to control it mm-hmm. biologically rather than using pesticides okay because most right. people have a real aversion to pesticides and we don't really know long-term effects of a lot of things so we're looking at the biological controls or controlling the environment but it's hard to tell people not to grow certain things you know right. they love to grow and then i mean they've had emerald ash borer that's basically wiped, you know wiped out our ash trees in this area Mm-mm. And other things, you know, that that are coming. And I said, I kind of get on a, a woodland stewardship program to learn about different things yeah. and to stay current on what's going on. We get alerts on different things. And now they've got this avian flu, too, that we try to tell people to be careful Jeez. about, you know, make sure you're washing your bird bass out, you know, your bird feeders and things like that. But you can't stop the birds from right. flying different right. places. And, and a lot of people want to put the blame on the geese, the mm-hmm. wild geese and different things. And it's hard to tell, but when you lose a whole you know facility full of chickens at your right. income it's really hard so 
Again, we're speaking with WV Extensions, Dr. Mary Beth Bennett. We have to be getting to our final break here uh, in just a few minutes, but I want to ask you, I mean, wh- how do you feel about the status of our crop around here for this coming spring, summer, fall? Oh, I think right now it's looking pretty good. I don't <clears throat> I don't know. They got a little bit of frost damage, I think, but I think they've pretty well managed it so far. But we'll keep our fingers crossed because we still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. And I need to put a plug in because sure. our, our master gardeners are going to have their um, garden fest. And, and we've actually moved it to the Berkeley County Youth Fair this year. So we're going to be in the exhibit hall down there and have a little more room. And that's going to be on Saturday, May the 13th. And it's going to run from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And uh, the master gardeners are currently growing the plants to put in that sale and have them available for the public. And we hope to have some more educational displays and other opportunities for people to learn at that sale since we have a little more um, room to kind of spread out a little bit down there. So uh, once again, that's Saturday, May the 13th. That's Mother's Day weekend. So put that on your calendar to come out and support our local master gardeners. Absolutely. Again, WVU Extensions, Dr. Mary Beth Bennett. Uh, one last time before we let you go, let people know where they can go to find out more if they have any questions, maybe contact okay. you or what have you. Well, they can call our office um, 304-264-1936 or they can come to our new office. We're over at 750 Baltimore Street. Um, and for those old timers around the area, they know it as the old Royce Hosiery Factory. And actually, we share that facility with the Sheriff's Department. They're, they're doing some car maintenance over there and with our our maintenance crew for the county offices so we do share the facility so we're kind of in the office section of that building it's a big facility i said i was looking at the map this morning to give some master gardeners directions <laughs> but it's easy to access there's mm-hmm. various ways to get there we only had one basically when we were in the dunn building and there's all kind of, i'm finding all kinds of ways to come and go from there to stay away from traffic mm-hmm. and whatnot so right. i imagine your windows have a lot of house plants in them mine ha- is full I, <laughs> so I can look show for the you. house plants well i don't know <laughs> (laughs) you can see them from the road but i have all my i have all the plants in my one window that i have we all have windows now which is very nice nice, and we're on we're on a single floor and we do have a ramp up to the door so we're handicap accessible as far as that goes we don't have an automatic door but if we see you coming well We'll the girls will be there to help out there they're right up front there well thank you for stopping in this morning we appreciate it well thank you very much and you know give me a call anytime be happy to come back then we'll stick around. Uh, well, we'll take a break. So stick around. We'll come back and wrap things up here on Panhandle Sports Live or on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marcia Kabalik, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival building. And, well, we've had a lot of news popping up around here uh, in the last 24 hours. Of course, one of the biggest ones being, or headlines being, Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood announcing his retirement yesterday after nearly 40 years of service. We were able to talk, chat with him and talk to him about his retirement, the announcement, and everything surrounding that at the beginning of the show. So if you missed any of that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But, uh, Marcia, there's other news circulating around the Panhandle. So we hinted at this yesterday that, you know, we'd seen some um, scanner traffic regarding this rescue that happened around Chestnut Ridge Road. 
on Sunday night. So then we got the details uh, because it, it was a bigger rescue than I think even uh, even I thought it was because the Maryland uh, State Police uh, helicopter was called in. So I'm, I'm going to read you the, the mm-hmm. uh, part of the post from, from what they said about it. Um, a Maryland State Police helicopter was dispatched to the mountains of Harpers Ferry Historical Park late Sunday evening. That's where a 27-year-old man and his dog found themselves stuck and in need of help. Local emergency crews couldn't get to them where they were. The helicopter bring the, uh, helped bring the hiker and his dog to safety. The two escaped any serious injuries. The sus out on this was they were stranded on a cliff mm. above the Shenandoah River uh, at the Loudon Heights Trail. They'd gotten off the, the trail and they were stuck on a cliff. Um, and so they were able to communicate with emergency uh, crews via f- cell phone, but eventually the helicopter had to be dispatched to rescue them off the cliffside. And uh, the the um, Maryland State Police uh, Facebook uh, post about it shows a picture of the dog. And, and um, you know, I, we, you and I were just talking. It must have been kind of scary. Oh, yeah. Getting on that helicopter if you were Absolutely. the dog. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's scary. It'd probably be scary for... Anybody, dog, human, whatever. So that happened around uh, 10 when they got called out. I believe the whole rescue was completed within two hours, probably like an hour and 45 minutes, if I remember right. But Hmm. it was pretty swift. Uh, However, that had to be kind of terrifying, you know, for not only the the guy that was stranded and his dog, but also the rescuers. Heck yeah. So shout out to them, all of the folks on the West Virginia side, as well as the Maryland side that put their resources together to get these folks, uh, this this gentleman and his and his pup to safety. So you can see the picture uh, of the dog at that Maryland State Police yeah. Facebook page. Did you not? Did you keep the picture out of the out of the post just so you didn't uh, make anybody sad? No, I, well, picture. he did have sad eyes, but I didn't have permission from the owner, so I didn't want to put that in. I just put kind of a generic picture from the National Park Service up mm-hmm. of the Loudon Heights area. Well, if you head over, like Marcia said, to panhandlenewsnetwork.com and on our Facebook page, you can find the article or link to the article over there. Um, man, that's I guess that's one of the things, uh, one of the risks you take going hiking and uh, taking your, your pup with you. A rescue basket lowered to the waiting uh, technician and victim. Can you imagine the, the the technician assisted the hiker and his dog into the rescue basket and they were hoisted into the hovering aircraft. Do you have did or have you seen any like exactly where it was? Like did they have to jump over something to get to the cliff? Like how did they get stranded on the cliff? Uh let's see. Hover the da, 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 nearly 150 feet. Uh, it was very small and challenging opening in a heavily wooded steep and rocky area and somewhere I think I had uh, they were called to the area of the William L. Wilson Freeway, US 340, yeah. and Chestnut Hill Road. So we kind of all that's that's where the trailhead right. kind of is for Loudon Heights. So right. I'm not sure where exactly on the on the cliffside that was. Because I'd be interested. I mean, around here, it's not like we have the most you know crazy cliff faces mm-hmm. around here type of thing but uh, there are places especially what you get down harbor i mean if you do that I, now I've, again i've never done it but i've seen plenty mm-hmm. of pictures and talked to plenty of people that have done it but that maryland heights trail right. i mean that's a pretty significant i mean you can probably mm-hmm. find yourself in a situation where you, you might need some rescuing around there if you're not careful but you're probably not rock climbing like right with and your, if you dog. Got your dog see that's, right. that's what i'm saying like did they I have think to they jump got to off, something yeah, i think they got off the trail and then just you know how it is you're like oh i'll just go parallel i'll eventually right. run into it and then you know, all it takes is getting into a section where you don't have your footing anymore, right. where you can't figure out where, and it was night, 
you know, you can't figure out where mm-hmm. to, and, and you've got your dog with you. And so that's, you know, six legs that have to have sure footing instead of just two. Right. Oh, you know? scary stuff. Yeah. Scary stuff. Well, I'm glad that everything seems to be okay. You know, and it, and I can imagine if, if you had your cat with you, like if I had my cat, <laughs> like the cat would just bail, like scramble up going? over me, up the trail. See ya. <laughs> you imagine going, well, I say this, you imagine going hiking with your cat, even though I think it was <laughs> no. what yesterday I was walking into the building and um, I'm walking in my building downtown and uh, this guy's got a backpack on and we kind of pass each other or I was walking out, he was walking in. <laughs> And I core my eyes, see that this backpack had a clear bubble on the back, mm-hmm. and I turned around and looked, and there was a cat sitting in there. It was a back- backpack made for the cat. Cat living its best life. A cat pack. <laughs> cat, a cat pack. I can't, I, I think someone, you'd have to lose a bet, Jordan, <laughs> to wear a cat on your back uh, in a cat pack. I guess. Well, I've taken my dog, air quotes here, hiking a couple mm-hmm. times. Uh, I mean, nothing too aggressive. But- carried him? No, so okay. he'll, but he makes it very evident when he is done, uh-huh. when he is done with the hike, because he'll just either stop, and then he just won't move, or he'll just turn around and go back down. One of the two. Man. Sorry. Some radio professional you are, Marsha. You got your phone all going off well, mid-show. You know, what? you know what? I had, I had that, it accidentally. Honestly, that scared me more than anything. <laughs> I was like, what, what alarm is that going off? The here? second coming setting one. on <laughs> my cell phone. Way it goes sometimes. Never heard that alarm. That's a new one. Uh, well, you can get in touch with us anytime you'd like by texting us, 304-263-4321. You can tweet us. Uh, we're online there. You can message, send, a, uh, send us a message on Facebook. Uh, be curious, you know, the public's thoughts on Martinsburg Police Chief George Swartwood announcing mm-hmm. his retirement yesterday. Texas 304-263-4321. If you text us now, we can get to it before the end of the show. Got about two mm-hmm. minutes, but then, of course, we can get to it tomorrow as well. But uh, you, if you missed any of uh, the Chief's um, words at mm-hmm. the beginning of the show, you can listen back a little bit later on. You know, we always have a very pleasant uh, interaction with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the vast majority of the time, obviously, there have been some difficult news items that we've discussed with him in the past. But can you imagine being pulled over by him? Can you imagine him walking up and to that your walk, car? That walk, that slow walk up. And then that like deep voice. Gunslinger. Yeah. He looks like a Wild Wester. License. Or Wild Wester. Oh, registration. Yeah. Cowboy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just like die right there. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? Thankfully, I have not had that experience. No. I can say. <laughs> but if you have, let us know. Text us. 304. Yeah, maybe you're like, well, he pulled me over in the mid-90s and... <laughs> I would be. I would love to see a picture of him back when he was uh, early on the force. Oh, I bet there are people who have him. And I almost asked him back in the mm, I don't know two thousands. I guess it was. There was a taser demonstration at the Martinsburg City Council meeting, and it was two brothers. And I wonder if it was him I bet and his you brother, what? and and who tased whom? Mm. Because if he's the younger brother, he was probably the one getting tased. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Uh, like we said, we had the Martinsburg Police Chief, George Swartwood, on to talk about his announcing of his retirement. We had the Apollo Civic Theater's uh, cast from The Play That Goes Wrong, which is coming up. That sounds like it's going to be a fun one. Then we mm-hmm. just were talking with WVU Extension's Dr. Mary Beth Bennett about the status of our crops after this um, well, warm winter we had. Which I'm happy for. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's warm out. It's going to be nice today, so get out and about if you can. But for Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great one. We will talk to you tomorrow. Look to the sky and you will feel how to live a life that's real.
AM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.